like to say we're thankful to be here this morning. Um, we're thankful for the revival. I was thinking about that earlier, and I thought about what Neil said um, about how, getting a new spark plug. And uh, I'm thankful for Mikey, and I'm thankful for how he, God used him, and I'm just excited to keep the revival going. Um, we're thankful for the little kids, and just we're just glad to be here this morning. Um, we'll ask Taylor to, to visit us at Sunday school. We appreciate being here this morning and it's been a good week. And uh, everybody you talk about has bragged about a revival and, and what's not to brag about, I, I guess it's had a great had a great revival. And uh, God blessed us. <clears throat> and we're hoping that'll continue right on. And uh, that's right. That's up to us. I believe God wants us to have a revival every time we get together. And uh, it's just up to us. Where two or three come together in his name, he said, there am I in the midst. And uh, he's here. We just got to be in shape that he can show himself to, to us and to the world. But anyway... Our lesson this morning is in the third chapter of the book of Jonah. And uh, I was thinking coming to church this morning, people probably read the book of Jonah and wonder why God put that in the Bible. Uh, that's instruction. Uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And one of the things good for is instruction in righteousness. And uh, so Jonah's life and how God used him and, and all, the, all the things that how everybody knows the story of Jonah, I hope. Uh, God called him to go to Nineveh, and, and 
the Assyrians were enemies of of Israel, always always had been. And uh, so Jonah Jonah didn't even like them people. Uh, he he wasn't going to go. He he got a ship and headed to the other direction. He didn't just stay where he was at. He was going to run. And uh, you can't. David asked a question, said, whither shall I go? To, uh, more or less, I can't quote it exactly, to get away from God. He said, if I make my bed in hell, the Lord's there. And uh, you can't, if you belong to God, you can't get away from him. And uh, uh, that, do, that does away with people saying you can get lost again. You, you can't. There's no way. He said, all, all that you've given me, I've lost none. Save the son of perdition, and perdition means hell. So he never was saved. And uh, But what I was thinking on this lesson this morning, uh, God was sending Jonah to Nineveh to preach, and I've, I've heard people kind of talk like that back before Jesus come, that the heathens were excluded. They couldn't get saved. I've heard people kind of go around that a little bit and, and, and imply that. But that ain't what John 3.16 says. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the 14th chapter of Zechariah, uh, Zechariah said, there, in that day there will be a fountain opened in Jerusalem and part flow to the former sea and part to the hinder sea. The blood of Christ covers all sin. And if, if I believe Adam got saved if he did, that's just my thoughts. But if he did, he got saved by the same blood that I did. And uh, now they back there they didn't they didn't have all all the word of God that we've got. There was a lot of things maybe that we know that they didn't know, but they knew enough to get saved. At some time in their life, just like I, I didn't know enough to get saved till that Sunday morning in 1956 when, when the gospel come to me. Then I knew enough to get saved. I knew I was lost. And when God come walking in the garden in the cool of the day, said, Adam, where art thou? Adam knew enough to get saved. Because God was calling to him. And, uh, But anyway, Jonah, Jonah run. Everybody knows that story. And he they got, got into a storm. The ship was about to sink. They threw everything overboard that they could. And finally, uh, Jonah just told him to throw him overboard and, it, and the sea would be calm. Said he was the reason, he was the reason they was in trouble. So they they eventually 
They didn't want to do it, but eventually they picked, they throwed him overboard. Now, if you, I've heard people say, and uh, I heard this on TV one time, some guy talking about Jonah and uh, some kind of documentary. But anyway, said that, uh, the whale couldn't have swallowed Jonah because his throat wasn't big enough to swallow a man. Well, the guy that the guy that done that documentary didn't read the book of Jonah. It said it said that, and that's uh, I got it wrote down here somewhere. But it said it didn't. It it said that God prepared a great fish, and people limit the power of God. And they, they want everything to be just exactly the way we see it. And, and we can't change, we can't change things. Not, I mean, far as uh, making a fish able to swallow a man, we can't do that. But God can. So he, he fixed that fish so Jonah could be swallowed up and stay alive inside the fish for three days. And if God, if God said he did it, then that's absolutely the way it happened. I don't care what anybody's reasoning is. Uh, the word of God is, is the absolute truth. And, and I, I, our, first, our first article of faith, I hadn't even thought about this, but it says, we believe the Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired of God and is a perfect treasure of heavenly instruction that it has God for its author salvation for its end and truth without any mixture of error for its matter and that's that's absolute fact I believe I believe this book from beginning to end and it is absolutely God's word and if, if God pre said he prepared a fish then he prepared a fish. And if Jonah was stayed alive three days and nights in the belly of the, the whale or the fish, uh, God done it. But so Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, and then God, he repented. He told God, I'll, I'll pay my vows. So God, God spoke to the fish, and the fish vomited him out on dry land, and he ran to Nineveh. I don't know how far it was. It was a long ways from where he was at, but he, he got there, and he preached. This, this is where the lesson's at. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, so God spoke to him one. How many times? And I've thought I thought of this concerning me. How many times has God ever give you something to do, testimony, song, or call call somebody to preach or whatever? Give us a job to do, or go talk to somebody. And we second guess God. We we we'll, I don't I, I don't somebody else can do that better than I can. 
And we sat around and, and uh, I have sat around and got it and, and finally decided to go ahead and do whatever it was God wanted me to do. And it worked out okay. But then I have sat around like that and argued, argued with God. And by the time I got ready, I didn't have it anymore. So God can do what he wants to. But God wanted Jonah to preach the gospel to these people down in Nineveh. Because it was, the Bible said it wasn't his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And uh, so he, he spoke to Jonah the second time. said, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. And uh, when we open our mouth in the house of God, when we're having, ser I'm talking about when we're having a service now. Did you ever, did you ever try to make you up a testimony and get up and testify? Just kind of think one up in your mind. I know from experience it don't work. The Bible said, watch thy foot when thou goest to the house of God and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. They sin. So if, if I decide I'm going, to, I'm going to run the service and I make up my own testimony or I, I decide... Uh, I need to sing a song, and God ain't give it to me. Now, I'm not. I'm not a singer, but if I if I decide I'm going to do something that God don't give me, I'm I've sinned if I do that. God runs the service, and we can't. It ain't. It ain't. I, I've had. I've had burdens for people before, and I've got some now. But I've, I've had burdens for people before that I carried for years and years and years. And I thought, when I first got them, I thought, now they need to get saved right now. And they did. If you, if you look at it that way. But God knew, I believe God knew when those people would be ready to, to turn their hearts over to him. And he may have been giving them opportunity all that time. But he gave them their, their great opportunity right when the time was right. I believe the day that he called me, he knew that the time was right. Now, I've told my story so many times that you guys probably got it memorized. But if I stood, I was... Scared to death, but I, I was proud and I wasn't, I wasn't coming to the altar. I'd already made up my mind. I wasn't, I wasn't going. I, and I was, keep, I was looking the preacher right in the eye. And God sent Edna Mason to me that morning. She stuck her hand out and said, do you need to pray? And I don't know. I, I come out of there. And God saved me. 
And I and if God if God if God instructs you to just go ask somebody if they need to pray, do it. If she hadn't come to me, where would I be? Now I don't I don't think you ought to go to somebody just on your own, but if God gives it to you. Same thing I said a while ago about testifying or preaching or singing. If God gives it to you, do it with everything you got. But if He don't give it to you, don't do it. Anyway. So He come to Jonah the second time and said, go to, go to Nineveh. Go do what I told you to. And... Uh, Jonah, and, and this, this is a strange story if you go all the way through it. But anyway, so Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And uh, the guy in the commentary talked like maybe, maybe it would take three days to walk across the city from one side to the other. I don't know. But it was a, it was a great big city. The Bible said there was 120,000 souls there that didn't know their right hand from their left. And uh, a lot of people there that needed to get saved. And God God sent the preacher there and uh, back, back when I got saved, The preacher was already here. Well, it was over on Albert Street. The preacher was already there. The church was already there. But at that time, my mom and dad wasn't coming to church for some reason. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so I wasn't going. I know when I was a kid, I didn't like coming to church because they made us sit still and be good. But anyway, uh, I wasn't coming to church. Edna and Austin come to our house one day to visit. Her and mom was first cousins. And uh, she got on me to come to Sunday school. She was a young people's Sunday school teacher. And she got on me and said, well, we'll even come pick you up, give you a ride. So I said, well, I'll, I, I didn't have no excuse, so I just, I, yeah, I'll go. So I come, to, I come to Sunday school. Of course, I had to stay for church to get a ride home. And uh, I don't know if it was the first day I come or, or if I come several days. I can't remember that. But I remember the day I got saved. And if it hadn't been, if it hadn't been for Edna asking me to come to Sunday school, I wouldn't have been there that day. So if God, if God allows you to invite somebody to Sunday school or church, absolutely do it with everything God will give you to do it with. Because you never know what, it, what it's going to develop into. God, God saved me, and that's been, that's been 65 years ago, and it's still the best thing that ever happened to me. And uh, I, I, I'm like Jonah. I've run the other way a few times. 
And I've failed the Lord a whole bunch of times. But I, I can guarantee you, He absolutely has never failed me. Like the song they sang. He's never failed. Even when I was wrong, and I've been there a lot of times, when I was wrong, he, he was right here telling me I was wrong. And I, I get on this a lot, but this, this is a great big uh, bright point now in my life. Now, it, it was kind of a dark point at the time it happened. But God, every time I've been wrong, God's been right here telling me I was wrong that I, and telling me that I was His. Because the day, the day that I got saved, I give my life to Jesus. And they, like I said, there's been a few times I tried to take it back for my own self, and that don't work. I mean, you might get away with it for a little bit. I, I couldn't get away with it at all, hardly. I was... Soon as I, as soon as I thought about doing wrong, it condemned me. I was, I got in trouble ahead of time almost, but uh, and I'm glad I did. But anyway, if God gives you something to do, do it with with everything you got. Bible said, do it with thy might, for there is no power nor device or whatever. I can't quote it in the grave whether thou goest. We just got a short time to work in here. I said I got saved when I was 15, and uh, uh, that's been 65 years ago. And, and where did them years go? They went like a weaver's shuttle. Seemed like yesterday I was just a boy playing ball. Life gets life gets by in a hurry. So we need if God gives us something to do, we need to be in a hurry to do it. Because tomorrow we might not be here to do it. So we better we better try our best to get our people in while we got time and opportunity. And I guarantee you, if we do what we can. While we're, while we're here and while we're able, if we'll follow God, in Revelation, he said, Blessed is the man, uh, blessed are they that die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. If you live for God, you will leave some works behind and uh you you hear me and Terry and some of these some of these other people talk about Elbert Smith and, and Siegel and and uh, Flavius Ash preached the gospel to me and uh, Judy and Enos that was here and, and a lot of the people that was in this church when we were kids and we still talk about them. They left some works behind and. Uh, and and they're still a blessing to me. And I talk about Job all the time being one of my heroes. He left some works behind that's still a blessing to me. And that he lived, oh, I believe, 4,000 years ago or something like that. 
So uh, if we can leave some works behind too that'll be a blessing to somebody if we follow God. Anybody got a comment? Now, after the, after the whale vomited him out, he, he got in a hurry to get to Nineveh. And, uh, and Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Just them few little words. And I don't, I don't if, he, if he said anything else, it's not recorded. But what he preached, he preached in power because the whole, the whole city come down in sackcloth and ashes and repented. A hundred, the greatest revival that, that ever has been probably, 120,000 people repented. At least that many. They might, the, the guy that wrote the commentary on this lesson talked like there might have been a whole bunch more than that. I don't know. But there was at least that many. And uh, one, one thing that the guy wrote in the commentary, if you remember, the Assyrians conquered Israel I believe about, it was about 130 years after this happened. The Assyrians conquered Israel and carried them away captive. The northern kingdom, the ten tribes, carried them away captive. And to my knowledge, they never did come back. They replaced them with other people in that territory where they lived. And as uh, far as I know, they never did get back. Now, the Judah come back out of Babylon. But uh, I don't know about the Israel. It's not recorded if they did. Anybody got a comment? But the way the guy talked in the commentary, maybe they postponed that, them being carried away captive for 130 years, and I don't know about that. That might not have happened. But these people, these people, God wanted them to get saved. So he sent somebody to preach to them. The Bible said, The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Past tense, God had that fixed, I believe, before the foundation of the world. The Bible said that Christ stood as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And uh, I believe he had it fixed where he was going to reach every one of us and give us our opportunity to get saved before the world was ever created. When you remember back in, in Genesis, he said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Then it said, he made man in his image. In the image of God created he them, male and female. And I, I may not have quoted that exactly right. But 
It just says in the image of God. And David said, I'll be satisfied when I wake with his likeness. So God's not finished. I like that song the little kids sing sometimes. He's still working on me. Because he's not finished with his creation yet. He's still working on us. I believe in the resurrection. When the church gets up with a glorified body like Christ, I believe he'll have us the way he started to in the beginning, in the likeness of Christ, in the likeness of God. I believe that's what he was talking about when he said, let us make them in our likeness. And uh, because he had salvation ready for us before the foundation of the world. Right. So I, I can't imagine how difficult it would have to have people prophesy, uh, prophets talking to you and say, it's coming, it's going to happen. It would be difficult, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard for me, and, and they said, he already come. Right. And, uh, but Job, in the ninth, I believe it's the 19th chapter of the book of Job, Job said, I know, positive statement, I know that my Redeemer liveth, that he shall stand upon the earth in the latter days. And uh, of course we all know the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, he told the whole story of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, a lot of people say, well, the resurrection wasn't back there. They ain't read the Bible right. The resurrection's in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah just like the death is. But anyway, uh, yeah, it, any time that God's ever tried to get anybody to do anything, the devil's been there trying to stop it. God, God gave Adam and Eve a law to keep, and, and Satan was right there trying to get them to break it. And he did. But it was their choice. Anyway, it's our choice when God gives us something to do. Satan, there was a day in the first chapter of the book of Job, he said there was a day when the sons of God came together to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan presented himself also. Anytime you come to the house of God to present yourself before the Lord, Satan's here. And he's going to try to disrupt the service for me and for you and for, for the lost people especially. If he'd cause something to go out of order or arise, something let something mess up the service, he's going to do it. We just got to humble our hearts and follow God the best we know how and depend on God to, to do his job, and he will. Anything else? So the people of God, or the people of Nineveh, believed God, 
and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. Yeah, you'd think if, 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 we, if we was having a service, say we have service here this morning, and maybe there's 10 or 12 people here that's, that's lost, that don't know God, and every one of them come and get saved, what a hallelujah meeting it'd be for the church. It, well, just one. If just one got saved, it would be. But if, if God just cleaned house like he did in Nineveh, right. we'd be up on cloud nine, so to speak. Yeah. Jonah got mad. Yeah. Uh, he didn't like them people. He was their enemy. And he preached to them because God made him. And... Uh, the situation wasn't the greatest as far as he was concerned, but he went and done what God told him to. And I thought about this morning, if we're not careful as God's people, we'll be, we'll be a little bit like the Pharisees, and if people's lifestyles don't suit what we're used to or what we want, we kind of ignore them or shy away from them. When God wants us to get the gospel to them. And uh, so we got we to gotta overcome our prejudice, if you want to call it that, and our feelings in order to do what God wants done. Because he said it wasn't his will that any should perish. Not one. And Jesus died for everybody. That they, everybody could have an opportunity to get saved. Uh, I talked to a lady one time. She said she believed Jesus died for everybody and that everybody's going to get saved. But that ain't the way it works. Everybody's going to get saved that wants to, that'll come to Jesus. But uh, if people don't believe they can't get saved, it's impossible to get saved. And that woman absolutely told me too. I told her something the Bible said. She said, I don't, I don't care if it does. I don't believe it. So anyway. So the people of God, the people in Nineveh believed God. For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and set in ashes. And when the word came to me, I was pretty miserable. And all of you know, everybody that's been saved knows that feeling. And uh I've, I've said a lot of times, that Sunday morning was the worst day of my life until I got saved. When God told me I was lost, that was the worst day of my life. Before or since. When God saved me, 
That was the best day of my life, and I'm still in that one. That one ain't going to end. So the king come off the throne and got in sackcloth and ashes. Uh, we ne- we don't need to be like like I was, like I was trying to be. I started out to be too proud to humble myself before God. And most of us, when we're that age or, well, even some of us that are old get too proud. Sometimes we think we, think we can handle things. Even after we get saved, we, we kind of got the attitude, I can handle it. I can take care of this. Well, I've had a lot of things in my life I thought I could take care of, and I, come, I found out I, it wasn't in me. I had to have help. And uh, the Bible said in him, that's talking about Jesus, in him we live and move and have our being. And we can't even move. Like the song sang, somebody sang, can't even move without him holding my hand. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. In other words, humble humble yourselves. The Bible said, humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God that you may be exalted in due time. And God will... If we humble anybody, anybody that'll humble their heart before God, lost or saved, either one, and when God gives them the opportunity, He'll raise them up. Guaranteed. Now, sometimes, and you learn this from experience, I guess, after we're saved, if we're in if we're not very careful, we'll be going through the motions of trying to pray. We'll think, I need, I've done this a lot of times. I'll, I'll be at home and I think, I, I need to pray or I need to read my Bible a little bit. And I'll, I'll go do that sometimes. And, uh, just kind of go through the motions of doing it. I don't really get my heart on but where God can do the work that He wants to do in there. If He wants us to pray, then we got to humble our heart in order to pray. And to read the Bible right, you got to humble your heart in order to do that right. This fellow right here gets in my way more than any any anything or anybody in the world. And uh, he's a hard fella to get out of the way, too. Anybody got a comment? 
So the king made a proclamation and let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God, yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Now, the day I got saved, and I'm sure everybody here can relate to this, the day that I got saved, God didn't save this carcass you're looking at. I'm still the, I'm still the same person in the flesh that I was before. I hope everybody understands what I'm saying. But when I got saved, God put something down in here that made me want to make a change in this fella. And I did. By the help of the Lord. I, and I, I was telling you, when I was a kid, Mom and Dad brought us to church, and they'd sit over on this side about four rows back, and there was four of us kids, and we sat between them. And you didn't dare open your mouth. And you better, if you needed to go to the bathroom, you better better be about to go. I mean, we you didn't get up and run in and out of church and... And you wasn't playing with toys and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't like coming to church. I didn't like sitting still. But that Sunday morning, when God saved me, that changed. I couldn't wait for Sunday night to get here to get back to church. And most of the time in my life, it's been that way. Ever since I got saved, there's been time, you know, you, you get low times and times the devil will tell you, you don't feel good, you need to stay home today. You have those times. But when my heart's been where it ought to be, I can't hardly wait for church time. So God made a, made a big change down in here. Then he told me, he told me to change this fella. He told me to add to my faith virtue and virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, temperance patience, patience brotherly kindness, so on. He said, if these things be in you and abound, they make you till neither be barren nor unfruitful. So he, he left us to do those. He told me to add those. And he told me to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset and run with patience. He told me, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's for me to do. He's already got my soul. I got to present this carcass before him and, and present it holy. David said, who can ascend the hill of God? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. It's up to me, the pure heart God took care of. The clean hands he left up to me. He told me to keep myself unspotted from the world. By the same token, I can stay out of the world 
live as clean a life as I, as I possibly can. And I try to do that. But then I, and I come to church when I can, sit right here on the front bench most of the time. If, if, I come, if I come to church and my mind's wandering all over the place and, and I'm letting it run things instead of this down here, then I don't get in the service. I don't get the blessing God wants to give me. And I've sinned. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from the fierce anger that we perish not? And if, if, God, if God reaches out to people and gives them an opportunity to repent, and they come and repent and get saved, these people repented. If if they come and repent and get saved, God saves their soul. That don't mean that don't mean they ain't going to have trouble in, in this man. Man born a woman's few days in full of trouble. We're going to have problems off and on as long as we live. The, the devil's going to make sure of that. But one thing is for certain. Guaranteed, we're going to die. We're leaving here. But when we leave, when we die, all of those troubles are going to be over. That's, why, that's what we got saved for. I'm out of time. I didn't. That late.